And yes, that Thursday night, Friday feeling is upon you. Welcome to the Trojansports.com podcast preview edition. I am Chris Morales. Galito! We get ready for the Battle of L.A. Is it really a battle, though, at this point, at least this season? USC, UCLA, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. at the Rose Bowl up in Pasadena. You know, it feels like this game, and for many of you, as you guys know, I, I, I do a lot of stuff with ESPN LA 710 here um, in Los Angeles. If you're listening outside of Los Angeles, like our friend up Upper West Side Trojan, uh, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I, I, so I interact with Keyshawn Johnson. And, and again, I, I've been involved doing what's called imaging, which is like the openings for shows and different stuff like that for five years here in LA. And it just seems like every other year, it's been a big deal. USC, UCLA. This season and it's not just because UCLA is bad, and it's not just because we're going through this Sam Darnold explosion and USC all of a sudden, what we all thought was going to be a miserable year is now a good year and could be an amazing year. It just feels like that energy isn't there. And, I, and maybe it was the Alabama game, and maybe it's how things started. I just This game doesn't feel as big, to me at least, as a USC fan. Now, again, I'm not like Adam J. Maya. I didn't go to USC, but I'm a lifelong USC fan. And in years past, I've been to USC-UCLA battles. I've enjoyed it. I've gone to the Rose Bowl and had to sit you know, in the UCLA section after uh, all heck broke loose like in 2006, and I was stunned there sitting with my good friend Andrew Siciliano, which many of you guys know from the Red Zone channel, and I was in my USC gear just sitting there stunned of what just happened. The 50-0 year, 50 to nothing, that was incredible. Uh, this year, it just doesn't feel like it, and maybe it's the point spread. And by the way, we are going to talk to Adam Gorney, National Recruiting Analyst for Rivals. We're talking about the Jack Sears flip. We'll get Edward Lewis on publisher of Bruin Sports Report. And, of course, Chris Swanson's got his ski low. But this year, the point spread is 13, 13 and a half, depending on where you look. For me, I feel very much almost offended. But then I also get a little fearful. Is this some sort of trap game? Because we feel so confident coming off of the Washington game where many of us feel like we shocked the world, making Jake Browning look normal, making Washington's offense look normal, holding them to the points we did, pulling off that upset. Could this be a trap game at the Rose Bowl on Saturday night? I don't know. Obviously, I hope not, but I just feel very weird about this game. Very weird about this this matchup. It doesn't feel like years past, at least to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, um, Thanks to all of you that asked questions on the uh, the podcast, the questions from the message board. We apologize that uh, we weren't able to get together and do actual show for you, but thanks to Adam Maya for answering those. If you asked a question, you, you're wondering when the podcast was, of course, it's up on the board, the, the answers to it. We'll resume that hopefully next week. And, of course, Sunday night, Monday morning, we will have our recap show where we'll break down everything from USC, UCLA, which should be... I would love a 50 nothing game. I would love another dominating performance like that. But a lot of people, and again, we're going to get the predictions from, from Edward Lewis and, and a lot of predictions out there, and even what Vegas is thinking, are, are, are thinking, you know, that, that 30-17, 31-17, 35-21 type game. And I really, I would love to see 50 to nothing. I know a lot of other people would. Um, but anyway, let's get into the show now. Enough of me talking, huh? How about it? Let's uh, hit the satellite phone and the publisher of BruinSportsReport.com, friend of the show, Edward Lewis on the line. Publisher of BruinSportsReport.com, the UCLA Bruins rival site, Edward Lewis. Edward, it's been a while. How are you, my friend? 
I'm doing great, man. It's great that we're still friends. I'm really happy about that. We are still friends. I mean, you know, look, great friendships <laughs> great don't mean that we talk every day or every month. Right. right. Maybe just That's once in a while. Way. Maybe when USC plays UCLA. I mean, whenever that happens. <laughs> you know, my girlfriend and I no ran into time. you uh, over next to Don Antonio's. That seems like just yesterday. I think that was five months ago at this point. So, you know. Right, right, right. So, hey, look, you're doing better. You just being my friend, and we talk maybe twice a year, it's still better than the UCLA football team this season, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can probably describe our relationship as better than UCLA's record this year. Yeah, I would go that far. There you go. Four and six overall, two and five in the Pac-12. It makes Trojan fans smile right now simply because of one name, and that's Sam Darnold. But other than that, I, I mean, what has happened? What happened this season? Yeah, I get that question a lot. Um, every week we, we trade uh, <laughs> we trade five questions with uh, our, our opposing publishers, I guess. Uh, this week, me and Chris Watson did one, and last week, you know, Oregon State and I did one. And every week I get the same question, what happened? Um, and the simple answer is they changed their offense. Uh, the last four or five years under Jim Moore, they've had Noel Mazzoni as the offensive coordinator, and he ran a spread system. And they, it worked. It, they, they averaged 30 points per game. Uh, they were averaging 400 yards. They broke every... Uh, offensive record ever literally every single one ever is under Noel Mazzoni and Jim Mora but they felt that that system did not kill enough time Uh, when they scored it was always like home run plays or quick drives and when they didn't score it was always three and outs or six and outs that only took you know a minute or two off the clock and they thought that that made their defense way too tired let them on the field for way too long and that was the reason why they would get run over when they would place teams like Stanford or Nebraska or USC or just big physical teams. So Jim Moore's idea to combat all that was to kind of push Mazzoni out, uh, hire, promote Kennedy Palomalu to, to offer to the coordinator and run a more pro-style system um, where he managed the clock a little bit more, uh, where he ran the ball a little bit more, uh, more of long, you know, 10, 12 play scoring drives. Um, and, and that would kill the clock more, rest their defense, and really help them become a more balanced football team, especially when playing Stanford and Colorado and, and all the, you know, the big offensive line running teams. Uh, but what happened was they didn't have the personnel, the skill set, or any of the, the above, um, to run those pro style systems, and they, it just completely was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, they they couldn't protect Rosen, they couldn't run the ball. Uh, Rosen got hurt. Uh, they, the receivers can't get separation. I mean, the offense is just complete disaster. Now that being said, it did do what they wanted it to to the defense. The defense has been healthier and it's been better this year, but they just cannot score enough points to win even though their defense is only allowing, you know, 19, 20 points per game. So that's, in a nutshell, what happened to each other this season. So a big question that comes up a lot, especially after the kind of season that's happening, is is Coach Mora on the hot seat, or does the previous few seasons, when he came in with a, a feeling and running around saying, we run this town and we own this town over the Trojans, when especially depending on how you look at it, how USC's years were going the last few, is he at all on the hot seat, or is he cool right now? I, I, I don't see any scenario in the world where he's on the hot seat. I mean, you know, there are the diehard fans that are like, yeah, we want less smiles now because Jim's not doing very well. Well, the problem is UCLA really never gets his coaching hire right, especially under Dan Guerrero. I mean, <laughs> Dan Guerrero's been there, what, 15, 20 years, yep. and, and he's whiffed completely on New Heisel and Carl Durrell, and people thought he had whiffed on Jim Mora, but he got, they got lucky, some people would say, that Jim was so successful in the first four years. So the reality is the alternative to Jim Mora is so scary for some people that I don't think there's any way remotely that Mora's on the hot seat, at least this season. And now, obviously, he comes out next season, goes 4-8 and eight again, 
people can be like, okay, this needs a change. But uh, for now, just because of what he's done the last few few years, um, because of the way the recruiting class is shaping up, it's not great right now, but it looks like they're going to finish in the top 15 uh, recruiting-wise. So uh, there's still a lot to look forward to in the future and a lot of goodwill to rely on the past where they can say comfortably, he's our coach for the next season, maybe the next two seasons. But if we're having this conversation again next season, then yes, I would say he's on the hot seat. But right now, I think there's no way um, he, he's, he goes. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, I remember, I think the last time you and I did any sort of radio interview, uh, I think we used the analogy that Josh Rosen, guys like that, th- his pitch would be, you're going to play in Southern California. USC is recruiting so heavy that you're not going to play. You're going to sit on the bench. Is that still sort of the pitch, even during a bad season like this, that, hey, you're going to get playing time in Southern California and we're still UCLA? I honestly have no idea what the pitch is or how it's even working. Like, I, I mean, their scheme on offense is, is so out of whack, and they really have no uh, uh, definition of what they're trying to do. I have no clue how they sell offensive recruits on, on what they're going to be doing. Uh, defensively, it's a little different. I mean, uh, that's possibly why they, they've got Jalen Phillips and are, are, are maybe the candidate for getting Greg Rogers on Friday. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, the, the pitch used to be, you know, it's a brewing revolution. We're going to turn things around and beat USC every year. Come be a part of that. And then the pitch was, we, we need you to just be that last piece to, to bring us to that final four glory. And now it's, uh, do you want to play for UCLA? <laughs> like, so it's just, um, I really don't know what the pitch is. I, I, I'd imagine depth chart is probably number one saying, hey, if you go play quarterback at USC, you got to sit behind Sam Darnold and Jack Sears. Um, uh, and, and you play D line or whatever, you're going to be sitting behind Rasheen Green and all those, those beasts they have. So maybe that's the pitch. But right now, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know how they're going to do it. Talk about for a second. Um, I, I, did you see any possibility that USC, when Sam Darnold came in for, for when he came in, that it would turn around like this? Have you been surprised like we all have been? Or did you? Because you saw, you're out there with the the Chris Swansons and the 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 recruiting guys. Did you know that once Sam Darnold got in there, that it was going to turn around for the Trojans? Not necessarily. I, I didn't get the chance to see Sam Darnold in games uh, in his senior season. I only saw him in practices and stuff, uh, seven on seven camps, and at the Army game, he was. He, I saw him throw in practice or whatever. Um, but you didn't get a sense of his ability to play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like seven on seven to show you arm talent and. and um, you know, body size and frame and, and whatnot. And he had a good arm and whatnot, but it wasn't like, you know, it, it didn't fly off his hand like a Rosen or Blake Barnett or somebody like that. Um, so, you know, we were all kind of, yeah, he's good, he's whatever. But then when you see him in actual games, you, you just, it's a totally different thing. Um, and perhaps if he had committed to UCLA, I would have been, been out there and have seen it, you know, and, and have understood it. Yes. But the way he's able to, to take over a game with his legs is something we never saw in practice. You don't let your quarterbacks run in seven on seven or in an army all American practice. So no, I, I didn't see this coming at all. I mean, obviously I thought it'd be better Max Brown because he was just so bad in his first three or four games at USC. Um, but I didn't see him. Sam Darnold looks like Dak Prescott to me, dude, just um, a, a complete leader, a great moxie, able to use both his feet and his arm when he, when he needs to. And, and I just, that's just something you can't teach, something you can't coach and something you can't see unless you get him on the field. So um, maybe that's why Max Brown even won the job because the same thing we all saw, uh, you know, in seven on seven and in practices. Well, yeah, he's good, but he's not that good. And then when you get him in games, it's a totally different animal. So maybe that's why it took them so long to get him in there. Um, but yeah, very good, very very good player. I think he's got to be the favorite um, for that number one overall draft pick next season, even ahead of Rosen, considering where Rosen's injuries are at this point. So heading into Saturday night at the Col- at not at the Coliseum, but at the Rose Bowl, seven thirty p.m. Uh, Vegas has it about thirteen, thirteen and a half point. 
uh, spread right now. Do you think we're we're looking at a 50, 50 nothing game again, or do you think it's going to be a little bit closer? You think UCLA and Jim Moore is going to step up, especially coming off the Oregon State win, to try to make this salvageable and not be completely embarrassed on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I had. I think Chris Watson and I we, we traded picks, and, and I think we both were on the same page really around the score. I think I had it as like twenty seven to seventeen or something. He had a thirty one to thirteen or something. So I think we're both on the same page that USC will win, um, and probably convincingly in the end. But I, I just don't see it being a blowout. UCLA's defense is really good, especially in the secondary. Um, it's really underrated because they don't have a whole lot of four and five star guys in the back end of their their defense yet. They're able to really contain big time players and big time receivers. So I don't think UCLA's defense will allow it to be a track meet. But that being said, I see UCLA's offense just being putrid. Um, I, I don't see any way remotely how that those receivers get off of Iman Marshall and Adoree Jackson and Marvell Tell and all those big names that they've got in the secondary. And I don't see how a ground game that UCLA has struggled to run with for the last six or seven weeks can, can hang with the front seven of USC, which is probably the best front seven they'll face all season. So um, I think offensively, UCLA will really, really struggle, maybe get a touchdown or two. Um, but defensively, they'll be able to keep you, you, UCLA in it, maybe force a couple turnovers, get a couple touchdowns that way. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think USC has too much firepower and will overcome it in the second half and win something like 27-13, 27-17 or something like that. Real quick, you mentioned receivers. Uh, obviously, we all know Josh Rosen's going to come back after this injury. But what are you guys doing? Because I don't say on top of Bruin recruiting like uh, many do, maybe. But <laughs> talk about the receivers. Are you guys looking to try to build on that? What, what is up with that? Who's going to catch the ball from Josh Rosen next year? It's pretty incredible. I mean, I, you know, Josh Rosen with the freshman season he had, you would expect like literally every receiver in the country to be like, oh, I want to go catch pass from that guy. Um, and it's not been the case at all. Uh, they had a solid recruiting class this past uh, season, you know, getting Theo Howard, who, you know, flashes all kinds of talent, but just can't get it done on the field just yet. Apparently, you know, he's having issues with playbook and with blocking and whatnot. Um, and then they got Audio Matosha waiting in the wings and a couple of young guys. They're, they're hoping Diamond Lee maybe switches from quarterback to receiver who, where he was dominant um, at Chaminade a season ago. So, um, you know, they got some guys waiting in the wings, but it's, it, it's pretty incredible that, you know, like a guy like Joseph Lewis just down the street um, would rather consider Nebraska or USC or whatever as opposed to going to catch pass from, from Josh Rosen. He's a five-star receiver in California. So um, it's, it's weird, and they're really, they don't have a single receiver committed yet this year. They're only planning on taking one or two. Um, so they're just going to rely on guys like Darren Andrews to step up next season, Jordan Lasley to step up next season, hopefully Theo Howard steps up again. So it's going to be kind of the same cast of characters next season. They're all just hoping that they improve with an offseason at work. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I can't believe that they haven't done more um, with selling that, hey, Josh Rosen will throw you past if you come in. Jim Mora seemed like he would be almost what Harbaugh has become as a recruiter. I think we all kind of felt that when Jim Mora got in that, that just by the rhetoric and just his energy and everything. And he's really surprised me that he has fallen short of that. Is it just, is it that tough to sell it or is it just, he doesn't know how to recruit? Well, here's my theory on, on like UCLA's recruiting. Uh, if, when they first all got here, man, um, it was balls to the wall. Dude. Like you wouldn't believe the recruiting efforts some of these guys would go to get kids just uh, whether it was, you know, I can remember kids just being like, I relate to that guy because he's like my cousin, my uncle. We talk every day. We talk about music. We talk about this. We talk about that. We do this. Um, and now it is so rare outside of like Scott White, uh, Demetrius Marin, and a little bit of Adrian Clement and, and Angus McClure that you ever hear a kid say that UCLA is recruiting me the hardest. Um, and my theory on that is UCLA has been left at the altar so many times. And even when it's one kid, 
Um, guys like Nikkei Juarez, guys like Keyshawn Luster South, um, you know, the five stars that were supposed to be program changers, they really haven't done anything when they get to UCLA. Uh, so my theory is <laughs> they're just burnt out. Why am I going after these five-star kids so damn hard when at the end of the day, all they do is go to USC or LSU or Alabama anyway? Um, or why am I going after these five-star kids when they come here? All they do is just be bad. <laughs> so my theory is they're just like, forget it. Uh, we'll take the ones that want to come. Um, and, and we'll build them up when they get here. And I think that's been kind of the, the, the approach they've taken. Um, really, it's, it's been a strong approach that Demetrius Martin's actually taken, I think, kind of coined. Uh, a lot of his guys at the back end of his secondary are only three and three stars and maybe a couple four stars, yet they're the best unit on the team and maybe the best unit in the Pac-12. So uh, that's my theory on it. I think they've been left to the altar way too much. I think they've been burned way too many times to be like, okay, we need to devote 18 hours a day to getting Joseph Lewis to come here when, when we all know that on signing day he's going to pull that USC hat because he grew up a USC fan. So that's my theory on it. That's my take on it. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, I mean, but just being around the program and, and getting a feel for kids and what they're saying, um, I think you know, outside of Scott White and, and a couple other guys on staff, uh, the theory is, hey, if you want to be a Bruin, you can be a Bruin and we'll recruit you, but I'm not going to go you know, to the moon and back to land you um, if you're going to make me do that, you know, that kind of thing. Makes sense to me. There he is, the publisher of BruinSportsReport.com, the UCLA rival site, the one and only friend of the show and friend of all of ours, Edward Lewis. Edward, <laughs> try to enjoy the game on Saturday. Hopefully it's not – well, actually, I do hope it's 50 nothing, but that's just me. So enjoy the game. <laughs> we'll catch up with you soon, bro. Yes, sir. That sounds good, man. All right, man. Well, thank you to Edward. We are going to dial up the satellite phone, the bat phone yet again, national recruiting analyst. The man who has given us many sound bites on the pleasure of hot dogs and all that fun stuff. Adam Gorney's going to join us. And now, another friend of the show on the Trojansports.com podcast, the preview edition as we get ready for USC-UCLA Saturday at the Rose Bowl. Yes, the national recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney. Gorney, how you been, bro? I've been great. How are you? Good. We miss, we miss talking to you. See, when we get in the season, we don't do as many funny things on the show where we're talking about the perfect hot dog and recruiting every week. So we've missed you on the show, but it's good to have you because the headline, yes, San Clemente quarterback, friend of ours, Jamie Ortiz, the coach down there in San Clemente, Jack Sears says no to Duke and says yes to USC. And here's what we're all thinking, Gorney. Is he the next Sam Darnold? that's the question that needs to be asked and that's why you're such a great professional thank but you it's hard to answer because they're different players uh darnold is incredibly physically imposing great size and what he has that's so special is he can stay in the pocket even when things are collapsing around him stay calm and get the ball out now Sears can do a lot of the same stuff um, i actually think he's a better passer a better pure passer than sam darnold uh, more of a drop back kind of type that usc has had over the years um but I don't think he's as physically imposing. He's probably just about the same athletically, if not a little worse. So you're getting a guy from the same high school, a guy uh, coached by the same person. Um, Jaime Ortiz loves Jack Sears and the way he carries himself, a lot like Darnold. Doesn't care about the hype and all that kind of stuff, just really is focused on what he wants to do. Um, but in terms of actual playing styles, uh, they are a little bit different. Okay, so Sam Darnold was a four-star out of San Clemente. Jack Sears is also a four-star. What would you say was holding Sam Darnold back from being a five-star? And relate that to Jack Sears, if you can. Honestly, it was probably a mistake. It was just (laughs) a did not see Darnold enough in high school to really pull the trigger and make him a five-star. He didn't play a lot of seven-on-seven. 
Um, I only saw him a couple times in high school as the quarterback. You know, you got to remember, even into his junior year, a lot of people were thinking Darnold was he was being recruited as an athlete. They didn't know if he was going to play linebacker. They didn't know if he was going to play quarterback. So there were a lot of questions about exactly where Darnold was going to end up. With Sears, it's absolutely no question he's a quarterback. He's been groomed his whole life uh, to be a quarterback, and that's exactly what it is. So, um, you know, Sears can continue to move up. I really like that, you know, when you're when you're doing this over and over, you, you kind of find you, know, you get a gut feeling on kids sometimes, and I have a gut feeling that Jack Sears um, is going to be a phenomenal college quarterback. I had the same gut feeling about Max Brown, though, so it might just be my gut and not really my <laughs> feeling. Um <laughs> Uh, that, that, that does that. So, um, you know, they are different players. I probably should have moved Sam Darnold far, far more up. But you also have to remember, in my defense, Sam Darnold wasn't all that great at the Army game uh, the, the week that he was out there. There were a lot of questions about his arm strength and stuff. So that could be even more of an analysis issue than it is, um, you know, anything else. But really, really what it was on Darnold and why we were a little bit more conservative on his ranking, uh, to sum this up, I'm sure people have already turned off, is uh, we just didn't see him enough to really, really be certain that he was a five-star quarterback. Nobody ever turns off when Adam Gorney is speaking. And by the way, in your defense as well, well Clay... Always turned on. Always turned uh, yes, on, exactly. Yeah. Clay Hilton also somewhat got it wrong. I mean, he didn't start the guy. So it's not, it's not just you, my friend. It's not just you. <laughs> Why did Jack Sears decide to not go to Duke? Is it a Duke thing or is it a USC thing? I think it's a, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, you know Tyler Petit. Well, I, I use this as an example. He got really excited about Duke when he was there. He believed it was the place for him. As signing day gets closer, and you're you're going to have to go across the country, and to be quite honest, you're going to a program that doesn't have a lot of national or even regional prestige. Um, you have to be completely certain that that's the right place for you, and. USC is playing better. There was a connection through a San Clemente quarterback. Um, you know, he can sit behind Darnold for a couple of years and really learn the system and then have the opportunity to step right in. He's close to home. He has all of those things going for him. So I think it was a Duke thing in the sense that nothing really fell apart with Duke. I mean, playing for David Cutcliffe is a, was a big deal for Sears, as it was for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, Duke isn't exactly a national football power. Um, not a lot of people really care about Duke football. And so to make that decision at the end, when you have to really sign and, and make, make that final decision to turn down essentially USC and go across the country to play for a team um, you know, that doesn't get the same kind of caliber of care, uh, the same, in, in any measure Duke football doesn't stay to USC in terms of that kind of stuff. Uh, would take a lot. And I think all of that really kind of played a factor into it. Yes, many of us USC fan types versus actual people that do this for a living, analysts, people that really know this stuff like you, we all want to say, oh, see, USC's winning again, and now we're getting top recruits again. And I guess it never stopped. USC's been recruiting great the last few years, but it just feels like, okay, there's the future. There's the next Sam Darnold, and USC's winning, so now everyone feels like we could buy in on that. And I want to ask you, from a recruiting standpoint overall and what you hear, the buzz and stuff, has that impacted things at all? The, the six-game winning streak, the fact that Sam Darnold has come in and shocked the world, the fact that USC is winning again, is that, does that create any sort of buzz out there in the recruiting world? I actually don't think it does, and, and it might sound counterintuitive. Um, 
but USC has always recruited well. It's just a question of Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin not at all, even close, maximizing that ability. And Clay Helton um, really has found something in the second part of this season where kids are buying in, and that's really important because when you're recruiting four- and five-star kids to USC, um, they have to buy in. And if they're not, they're going to get whipped by everybody, which has happened in years past. Um, has caused people to be fired on tarmacs at airports. <laughs> yes. And so, um, you know, there, there's a chemistry there now that, that is really starting to show um, that, the, that the talent is there, that the, that the recruits have always been there, and that they're starting to play up to their potential. When, when I was watching that USC-Washington game last weekend, I didn't see a USC team shocking anybody or pulling off stunt plays or doing anything like that. They were the better team on the field that day. They were more powerful. They dominated the entire game. And that's because Washington has gotten a lot of three- and four-star recruits and is a very, very talented team, really well coached. But USC has five-star kids. And as I like to say, it's the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. Ah, very good. Final thing. If I can... Uh-huh. You could only have one of these quarterbacks on your team, on your Adam Gorney uh, rivals team. Jake Browning, Sam Darnold, or Josh Ro- a healthy Josh Rosen? Oh, no question, Josh Rosen. Um, I don't even think that's close. There's a lot of talk, obviously, in town that Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in town and all that kind of stuff. But just imagine this USC offense, or just imagine Josh Rosen having the you know, capabilities of the wide receivers at Washington, uh, you know, he would be even better than he he was. Um, UCLA is not exactly overflowing with skill position players uh, that he can get the ball to, especially in an offense now where they're trying to run the ball with a suspect offensive line and not really doing a tremendous job there. So if Josh Rosen was at USC and he had Juju Smith and, Deontay Burnett and Darius Rogers and a healthy Stephen Mitchell and uh, and a running game and a huge offensive line to throw behind. I think that they'd be putting up, you know, even better numbers than they are. The offense would be flowing even better than it is. That's not taking anything away from Sam Darnold because he's a fantastic quarterback. But we're talking about Josh Rosen being the number one pick in you know after next season if things still continue to go well. So uh, you know, Josh Rosen was probably the best kid I've scouted and eight to ten years of doing this and uh you know i'm going to stand behind his ability for him to do what he's done at ucla with kind of a lack of skill position players at that elite level even speaks higher to uh you know the kind of ability he has we uh we had edward lewis on and we were talking about obviously because this usc ucla week Will the Bruins ever be able to figure out how to? Yeah, I know. Will Will the Bruins be able to fix this recruiting issue? That that sort of they've given up on recruiting. The going hard after the guys. No, I, you know I think they've done a, a, a pretty decent job. I mean, you get Josh Rosen, who's a five star. You get five star Soso Jamabo at running back. You get Theo Howard, who for some reason hasn't really picked it up this year and, and hasn't really been exposed in that offense, offense much. Jaleel Wadud has been a great player. So actually they've done a better job at competing for top guys in the city. And you see that those kids in Southern California are at, at least interested in UCLA. You're, the USC is still going to recruit the city better than anybody. Um, you know, the Sarahs of the world and, and all those schools. But UCLA is actually caught on to something. I don't think this year is going to help 
at all. But, um, you know, UCLA coming out to Redlands and getting a five-star in Jalen Phillips this, this last year and, and all those kinds of things. Um, I think USC still has an edge in recruiting, uh, but Jim Mora and his staff have, have definitely closed that gap where it was uh, a couple years ago. Tell you first, you take Josh Rosen over Sam Darnold. Now you talk about UCLA's recruiting. I, I'm scared for your Gorney <laughs> on the USC message board. I tell you that Trojansports.com. <laughs> but enjoy the game on Saturday night. Don't tell me you're rooting for UCLA because we're just going to be done. But uh, we always love you, to have you. Don't want you. A prediction or anything? I do want a prediction. Let me have the Adam Gorney USC UCLA at the Rose Bowl Saturday night prediction. Thirty-one seventeen USC. You almost said it. You just tried to scare me. There's there. See, you see, you see, see how that's. I, I keep it suspenseful. That's. that's but why, why is everybody picking this game so close? Because, um, because it's a rivalry game, and because USC just beat the number whatever four team in the country, so they're feeling their oats a little bit, and uh, you know. Every time in, when you're betting sports, for, for people that bet, yes, and for people that follow this stuff, every time you're starting to feel really good about a team, that's the time to take the other side. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. The Adam Gorney action play of the week. The one and only National Recruiting <laughs> Alice, Analyst from Rivals. <laughs> Thank you, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you guys. Okay, man. All right. Thank you to Mr. Gorney. There you go. Again, like I said at the beginning of this, these predictions, they're, they're scaring me a little bit. They're scaring me. What's Chris Swanson think? Publisher of Trojansports.com, our very own. He's here now. Yes, it's time for the Chris Swanson ski low of the week. Even though it's a rivalry game and weird things happen in those types of games and it's on it's at the Rose Bowl, which is a hostile environment for, uh, for USC, I really can't imagine UCLA winning this game. I said the same thing about USC last week when they took on Washington, and I was really wrong. So just a note there, but I can't see UCLA beating USC. Not this year. UCLA's kind of falling apart. Um, I still like their defense a little bit. I still like the Bruin defense. I think it's a pretty good defense, but that offense is just abysmal. And, uh, you know, their record is what they are, in my opinion. A lot of those games have been close, but... Um, there's a reason they're not getting over the hump. They're not going to be able to score with USC. I know I just said UCLA is a good defense, but Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold, and he has the USC offense uh, rolling at a high level. I don't see UCLA slowing them down, or if they do, uh, not slowing them down enough. And USC's defense is rocking and rolling right now as well. And I see uh, USC kind of, USC's defense being able to handle the UCLA offense and, and really shut them down. And uh, I don't think it's going to be much of a contest. Probably close in the first half because... Uh, you know, USC doesn't really have that that type of offense that's just going to explode and, you know, score three touchdowns in the first quarter or something like that. I see 17-10 to 10 at halftime. Maybe UCLA fans are, are feeling in it and, and feeling pretty good. And then USC, I think, just kind of runs away with the game later on. Um, you know, really puts it out of reach. Uh, yeah, I, I think Sam Darnold's going to have... Uh, a big day, uh, you know, probably one of the the uh, bigger days in, in terms of uh, 
you know, recent USC quarterbacks against UCLA, and and uh, I expect the USC defense to have a really big day too. Um, I'm thinking USC wins 34 to 13. Uh, put makes it a lot, uh, you know, uglier late in the game, but. This is going to be a comfortable one for the Trojans. They're just on another level than UCLA right now. I don't think there's any question about that. And I think at the end of the day, despite the fact that it's a rivalry game and despite the fact that it's at the Rose Bowl, that's what's going to show up. That's what's going to show in the score. USC And there you go, Mr. Swanson. Also not making me feel great. He says at the end, a big win for USC. 34-13, that's not really what I want. I want that 50 nothing. I want 50-21. to 21. I want 49-7. I, that's what I want. That's what I feel like. That's what I wish Clay Hilton and Sam Darnold in this offense puts up. I know a lot of you out there probably feel the same way. But we'll see. A win is a win, obviously. And after this, hopefully a win Saturday night. Hopefully it's not a trap at the Rose Bowl. We beat UCLA, and then we look to... Uh, to beat Notre Dame. I mean, that's the goal here. To win out, to only have three losses on the season, which would be incredible to finish 9-3 and three after the way the season began. And uh, again, most of that credit's got to go to Sam Darnold. Uh, turning things around as we talk about, it seems like show after show now. And it's really awesome to be part of. Also be awesome to be part of is Trojansports.com. If you're not, then you're going to miss the Maya Tenfold that's going to come out Friday with his prediction, Adam J. Myers. You're going to miss all the fun we have on the premium message boards, the fighting, the bickering, the analysis from Scott Sifu Schrader, the recruiting guru, and so much more. Don't miss out. Become a subscriber today, especially with the holiday season. Give yourself a gift or a friend of yours. Why not? As I like to say, cheaper than a couple cups of Starbucks coffee, homeboy. Less than $10 a month. Subscribe now at Trojansports.com. And if you don't subscribe to all our podcasts on iTunes, why aren't you doing that either? Huh? Just search Trojansports.com podcast on iTunes. Also on Audio Boom and always available. Click the other button on Trojansports.com. Scroll down there where you see Trojansports.com and you can comment on the shows and give us your love, give us your hate, give us some feeling of emotions. Because we're, we're, we're thankful for those as we get ready only a week away from Thanksgiving. Why not? All right, I am Chris Morales. Enjoy the game, everybody, Saturday night. Hopefully fight on. A big win for the Trojans. We're looking for it, and we'll recap the show Sunday night, Monday morning, right here. The Trojansports.com podcast. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams. I'm an educated fool.